Good day from Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas Sports Talk. I'm your host, New Orleans Mark. Today we're going to go over first round of the wild card playoffs. Anyhow, you can listen to me on this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and many others. You can also listen to me on the Inside the Orleans Radio Show, hosted by Eric Asher on 106.1 FM WRKN New Orleans, and also on iHeartRadio. And on ericasher.com every Friday at 5.15 Central Time. And we're doing a new show. Me and Steve the Shrimp Man. On, it's called The Competitive Edge out of Las Vegas. Wednesday, 7 to 8 Pacific, 10 to 11 Eastern on KSHP 1400 AM. So download the app and listen to us. Joining me, my sidekick. Steve the Shrimp Man. Steve, how is it going? All right, Mark. How's it going? Going good. Going good. Well, we finally made it to the playoffs. First round of wild card playoffs. So we'll touch on every game and see what we can get out of this. First game on the slate will be Indianapolis at Buffalo. Buffalo opened up six and a half. It's standing steady at six and a half. Um, give us your thoughts on this game. Well, you know, I I like Indy in this game. I just think, you know, Josh Allen really hasn't proven anything to me. Um, he really dogged it last year in the playoffs. And until he wins a playoff game, I got to keep going against him. I mean, I know Phillip Rivers has a little dog in him as well, you know, but he does have a big experience edge and, Frank Reich's a great coach, and let's not forget, you know, he's Frank Reich's going back to Buffalo where he was uh, had that miraculous comeback back in the 80s or early 90s or late 80s when the uh, Houston Oilers had him down, I think, 31-3 at halftime, and they came roaring back to win the game in overtime. Frank Reich was the quarterback, so this was, that was the same divisional round game that this is. But anyway, I just like Frank Reich as a coach, and I mean, I think, you know, in the playoffs, the best coach and the best defense usually wins, and Indy checks both of them boxes for me. So I definitely got to take six and a half in this spot. Yeah, I was – you know, I've been liking Buffalo, you know, the whole year, and I like Buffalo as of last night that I saw that Diggs and – who's the other receiver they got? Used to be with Dallas. Um, What's his name? Cole Beasley? Yeah, Beasley, yeah. Um, they're questionable. Ankle injury, and I think a calf injury or a hamstring injury. So, so, but, you know, the more I listen you know, to your reasoning on it, and the more I'm thinking about it, maybe Indy is probably the right side in that game. You know, like you said, I mean, Buffalo's defense is down, this, is down a little bit this year from last year. They had a, a stifling defense last year. They got the same personnel back. And he just seemed to be giving up more points and more yards. I can't figure out why. And like you said, I mean, this is Josh Allen's first playoff game. And, you know, Frank Wright, you know, as far as Indy, Frank Wright, you know, very good coach. They got a very good defense. They just got to keep Phillip Rivers' mistake free. But, yeah, I guess it's looking like you're taking – looking like going the way with Indy plus six and a half in this one. 
Well, it's not Josh Allen's first playoff game. His first playoff game was last year against Houston, and he really choked. So, oh, like I, I said, until, until he wins a playoff game, I sure can't lay a touchdown with him, you know. And, I mean, Buffalo has been beating a lot of cupcakes along the way. And, you know, people are going to, of course, bet on him because they're the hot team. But, you know, the playoffs is a whole different ball game, you know, and, and you definitely have to respect the points in the playoffs because they're very meaningful. Yeah, I'll stand corrected on that. So, all right, let's go to the Rams at Seattle. Seattle opened five, bet down to three and a half. So, a lot of Ram money coming in. Um, I know Goff is injured. He's questionable with his thumb, which technically he's probably going to be playing. And what do you think about this game? Well, I mean, I, I can't figure out why they're betting the Rams or why the line's dropping because. I mean, the only thing I can think of, Seattle does like to win close games, and it could come down to a field goal because of that. But I don't see Seattle losing the game at home. Um, I think the safe way to play this game is Seattle money line. Um, Seattle's very good, always been very good at home. And Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. You know, they definitely have the better quarterback. You know, the Rams do have a good defense, but – I'm not a big fan of Jared Goff. You know, he's another young quarterback who's kind of, you know, still learning. I mean, Russell Wilson's very seasoned. And, you know, I just think, you know, Pete Carroll is, is a is a good coach. Not that McVay is not a good coach. But, you know, Seattle's at home. I, I just can't see the Rams going in there and beating this team. Yeah. I mean, they play – obviously, they face each other twice this year. It was sort of a home-and-home series. Uh, Seattle beat them 20 to 9 early in the season, and the Rams beat them later on at NLA 23 16. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. They got to go up in that crappy weather up there in Seattle. And, you know, if, you know, I know Russell Wilson, you know, his line is not that good, and he scrambles a lot, but he does make plays. And, you know, if they could just give him a little bit of protection, you know, he should be able to, um, you know, move the ball more and maybe score more. But, you know, at Rams front four, boy, they're pretty good. So they got they got a very good front four and a very good rush. But you know, I got the feeling we're gonna be saying the same thing with um Seattle. You know, Wilson gonna be breaking the pocket, throwing the ball on the run. You know, completing passes. You know, running the ball. You know, he's got he's still got the good legs. He can still run. So, you know, probably Seattle home team is is the play here minus three and a half. I mean, I think a lot of that's by design. I don't think it's so much he has a bad offensive line. I think he wants to break the pocket because he's more effective that way. And it also puts a lot of strain on a defense when they got to chase a guy around, kind of like Mahomes, you know. When they got to run after a guy and chase him sideline to sideline all game, come the fourth quarter, they guessed. So I think a lot of that's by design. And, you know, he's short. So I think he's more effective when he breaks the pocket, actually. Yeah, I mean, you know, he can throw from the pocket. And, you know, I think he wants to. I just think sometimes just habit takes over of design. And I think he's just such in a habit of breaking the pocket because their line is not good. And they need to shore that lineup. And I think it's just embedded in his head that he knows, you know, when he sets his – when he's, he does his drop and sets his feet and he sees, you know, one helmet coming his way, he's, he's out of there. So I think it's more or less by habit. But – you know, as long as you execute, that's really all that matters, and he does do that. So, let's go to the final game on Saturday. Tampa Bay at Washington. 
Tampa opened six and a half, up to eight and a half. Might have went down a little bit. You know, the public's on, on Tampa. They're on Tom Brady. And nobody is just giving Washington a chance. I love Washington in this, in this spot, plus the eight and a half. What do you think? I agree. I mean, Tampa's bringing an average defense at best on the road in the playoffs, laying over a touchdown. That's to me, that's got a, a sign of disaster written all over it. Um, I mean, I know Tom Brady's a great quarterback, but, you know, Tom Brady don't have the same offensive line that he had in New England. His number one target is Gimpy. He may not even play in Mike Evans. And Washington's defense is very solid. I mean, I would say they have a top five defense in the NFL. And – they're going to make this game ugly, in my opinion. I can see this game being played in the low 20s. And, you know, Ron Rivera is a good coach. He knows what he's got to do to, to stay in this game. I, I mean, I don't see no blowout here. And I actually think Washington's got a shot to win the game fully outright upset. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. I mean, you know, Brady's got some talent in Tampa. The, the offensive line struggles too. They just don't protect good at all. But it's not the same as what he had in New England. I mean, you know, Edelman was his go-to guy, and he don't have anybody like that down there. He has been struggling a little bit this year. I've seen him a few times in games. You know, yes, he's thrown a lot of touchdown passes, but he has struggled at times. And that Washington defense is going to be getting in his face all game. And I don't see Tampa's offensive line stopping it. You know, Washington's really not a big play team, you know, a lot of high percentage passing with Alex Smith. They're going to just move the ball down the field. They're going to, you know, they're going to score. They're going to play defense. I think they're going to give Tampa fits. I definitely like Washington plus eight and a half, and I definitely do like them on the money line. I think they make. I think nobody is giving this team a chance. I've been on Washington all year with their defense, and I think, you know, between sitting Haskins getting Alex Smith back in the lineup during the year, Rivera getting well from his treatments. And everything just sort of meshing together with Washington. And they just – I just feel they've been sort of reborn again. And I think they're up and they're ready for this challenge. And I, don't, and I think they're using that, that nobody is giving them a chance against Tampa. I think they're going to come in there and surprise a lot of people. So, definitely love Washington in this spot. Going to Sunday's games. First game on the slate, we have Baltimore at Tennessee. Another – matchup here that they've they played once time early in the, in the season, played last year in the playoffs. Baltimore opens four, bet down to three. Um, you know, another, there's going to be another, another grind game, but could be a ton of points scored. What do you think here? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a – I mean, Tennessee's defense really looks bad. I mean, Houston went up and down the field on them last week. And, uh, you know, probably should have beat them, uh, you know. So it's just hard for me to like a team that, that can't stop anybody. I mean, I do like Derrick Henry. I think Tannehill's a above-average quarterback. I mean, Tennessee's offense is definitely every bit as good, if not better, than they were last year. But their problems lie on defense. Their defense fell apart from last year. Last year they had a top-10 defense, and this year, they probably got a bottom 10 defense and just hard for me to endorse a team, you know, with a defense like that. But this was the one game that I really couldn't, you know, I, I really don't like the game. I think it's a coin flip game. 
But if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably take Baltimore on the money line. Yeah, this is this is this is the toughest game to handicap here. I mean, the total open fifty five. It's down to fifty four and a half. Didn't really go down a lot. A little bit on the under, but you know, neither defense is going to stop either one of them. I mean, this thing should fly over fifty five. Um, as far as the game per se, I mean, you know, you can make arguments from both sides. I don't think either side is a bad bet side to bet. You know, I'm looking at it as. You know, I just feel that Derrick Henry's going to get his yards, and they want they're going to want to try to grind this game out, Tennessee. You know, obviously try to keep Lamar Jackson off the field, and I just feel that if Tennessee can just force him, even if it's just one or two mistakes during the game, whether it's an interception or maybe a fumble or something like that, that could be the difference in the game. I don't see a blowout on either side of this game. I see this game easily landed on three or under. And I just feel, you know, you just got to go with the side you think, you know, you think that's going to win. I just think Tennessee might be able to get it done. I think maybe they might put just enough defense together, like I said, to force Lamar Smith into making, I mean, Lamar Jackson into making a bad throw or, you know, a wild throw, maybe get an interception to break it, to stop a drive. And, you know, I don't, Derrick Henry's been unstoppable and they're not going to stop him. They're going to want to run him with the ball. So, you know, maybe Tennessee and a slight win, maybe, you know, a slight cover. So tough game to pick. Next game on the slate, the middle game, Chicago at New Orleans. Saints open nine and a half, up to ten now. There might be some nine and a halfs out there, but I saw some tens. Um, what do you think on this one? Uh, I think, actually, I think Chicago is probably the worst team that made the playoffs. Uh, the defense is above average. The offense, you know, has looked good the past three out of the last four weeks, but it was against the bottom the bottom four defenses in the league, I believe. Uh, so, I mean, what they're doing is not really, you know, they, they just took advantage of a very weak schedule to back into the playoffs. And when they come to the Dome, they're going to have major problems trying to beat the Saints because the Saints probably, their defense is probably the best I've seen in since the Dome Patrol. And, you know, the offense is, is always going to be, you know, clicking with with Breeze and Peyton so you know unless unless they just really choke and turn the ball over I see the Saints just blowing this team out actually yeah I agree I mean you know Saints are obviously one of the top echelon teams in the league with the Green Bays and the KC's and them and Chicago's ball of a second tier team um yeah they've been had like a little bit of a spurt on offense the last few games but you know this is more or less a mismatching competition and you know, the Saints are just, you know, after some of the bad, you know, I won't say bad breaks, but unfortunate things that happened in the playoffs the last few years. You know, with the, the first year with the with the um, phantom whiff tackle and then with the bad ref call and then just went and just went into the game just totally flat against Minnesota and got killed. And, well, they got one – they got they probably got a thing on the wall, you know, you know, Number one, for, you know, let's get Minnesota back and boom, let's get the playoffs and let's just put our foot down, pedal to the metal and just, you know, run through the playoffs. So I think this is step two 
of that plan. I definitely think this is easily a double-digit win here. You know, I had I got some numbers that double-digit double-digit favorites, home favorites in the playoffs like this are like nine and one. So obviously they're ten for a reason. I just think I did, I'm looking for you know something around 34-16, 38-16. One shot me at the Saints got in the 40s, but I definitely looking at for a blowout in this game. So. Our last game in the NFL in the playoffs is Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Rematch from last week. Pitt opened three and a half, up to six. All the early money came in on Pittsburgh. I think you're starting to get some money on Cleveland. They do have a COVID problem. Stefanski has the COVID. You know, Pittsburgh's got their whole first team back, their whole regular team. You know, Cleveland last week struggled. Beat the JV team last week. Um, what do you think about this one? Well, I know that any team that's been hit with COVID hasn't fared well in the NFL or college this year. So basically, that's that's a big issue. You know, when you got a when you have coaches out and players out, it just you know it it kind of throws everything off. You know, I mean Stefanski calls the plays on offense. So now they're going to have to find somebody else to call a play. So it kind of takes a team out of rhythm, you know, when you don't have the same guys working together. I mean, they got two position coaches that are going to be out of the game. Um, I don't think any key players are going to be out. But, you know, people don't realize how important these coaches are, you know, when they creating a game plan and calling, you know, plays in certain situations. I mean, it's just I saw it a few weeks ago on Sunday night when the Giants had uh, Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. I mean, they couldn't even score. I mean, he's a terrible play caller, but, you know, Jason Garrett, was the, the offensive coordinator, was out with COVID, and it just threw the whole rhythm of the offense off. They couldn't get first downs. It looked it was pathetic to watch. So, you know, going into Pittsburgh with, with issues like that is not a good thing. I mean, you know, Big Ben is Big Ben. I mean, he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league you know he's his career is winding down he knows he he's only got a few more runs at a Super Bowl and I just think it's going to take a team better than Cleveland to beat them in Pittsburgh yeah I definitely agree and you know me being an ex-coordinator I know how important it is as far as calling plays and when you lose your play caller that's like you like losing 75 percent of the success of the team and doesn't matter. It's it, it's it's a feel. It's a feel with the game when you call them plays. It's what you see out there. Certain things are going to open up that you attack. You know, so it, it's a rhythm you get into. And it's when you're switching play callers, you know, somebody different calling, it, it's just it's a whole different animal. You know, with the COVID, even though I, if Cleveland was at full strength and they had their coaches, I'm just not convinced and not sold that they could waltz into Pittsburgh in a playoff game and beat Pittsburgh. I mean, it's, you know, you got that Pittsburgh mystique up there. They're a tough place. It's a tough place to play. I mean, Cleveland's had a nice year, a lot, a lot of yeah. talent. I just don't think – I just don't think they're ready to go up there and beat a team like Pittsburgh in the playoffs. So – Closing the door on the playoffs, we're going to definitely go over the um, national championship game coming up Monday night. Last game in college football, Ohio State and Alabama. 
Bama opened seven up to eight seventy five and a half. When's the last time you saw Alabama or Ohio State with a seventy five and a half total? Um, let's see your thoughts on this one. Well, I was a little kind of torn on this game. I, I liked Alabama initially, you know, before I thought, you know, I figured that early on the whole season, I figured they were the best team. But, you know, and they're probably still going to win this game. But I just think laying more than a touchdown to a team as talented as Ohio State is asking a lot. I mean, Alabama's defense has showed some holes. Ole Miss scored 50 on them. And, uh, you know, I, I think Ryan Day is every bit as good of a play call as Lane Kiffin, if not better. And Ole, and Ohio State has more talent than Ole Miss, more speed. So I think this game, I could see both teams getting in the 40s. I mean, this could be a very high-scoring game. And, if you know, I would have to take the points here. I mean, I think Alabama – may win the game, like I said, but I don't see them winning by more than a touchdown for sure. Yeah, this is – yeah, I mean, this is a little bit of a tough game to handicap. This, like I said, I don't think either side's a bad bet. I mean, but when I saw this Mac Jones at the beginning of the season and I made the statement, I was like, I was like, this, this, I was like this kid, this is the best quarterback that Alabama has had in over 30 years. By far, bar none. He's got all the tools. He can make all the throws. He reminds me actually a little bit of Joe Burrow. He has that sort of that stand-up, that um, upright, compact delivery, makes all the throws. And these two receivers, you know, Devontae um, Smith and um, you know, the other, I mean, they, they both um, studs. I mean, these guys are uncoverable. And they've just been a machine on offense this year. Now, on the, other, on the flip side, you know, Alabama has struggled with their pass defense probably the last – probably last eight or 10 years. And yes, they gave up 40 something points to Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is a pat. They are strictly passing team. Ohio state, you know, they, they got that, that's what Searson or Pearson or whatever that running back guys are stud. They want to run the ball too and mix the pass in. Now, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball in Alabama. So that's obviously it's going to turn Justin Fields into a passing quarterback. Now, can he throw the ball 45 times to beat Alabama? Probably not. I don't think so. I mean, the kid's not too bad of a passer, but he's not that good of a passer either. Plus, he took a, you know, he took a nice, you know, he got hurt last week, took a nice hit. Now, I don't know how much that's going to bother him. But, you know, it's 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 probably going to come, I think it's going to come down to Alabama's pass defense. How much can they shut Ohio State down? Because Ohio State's not going to stop Alabama. You know, Alabama's, they're going to put up their 40 like they've been putting up all year. You know, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at this team as like a repeat of LSU last year. They blew through the season, blew through the playoffs, and blew out Clemson, and that was the end of it. And I'm looking at the same thing here. If Alabama's pass defense can keep Ohio State's passing game under wraps, this, I think that is the big difference in the game. Um, you know, you finally get in Alabama with a game that you're not, you're not laying double digits with them like you've been laying all year. And, um, you know, yes, Ohio State had a nice game against Clemson, but Clemson is down this year. They've been down last year. They, you know, defense has some holes in it. You know, Trevor Lawrence is a great quarterback, but just didn't have that flashy good year like he's had. And they just – you know, that, that pass defense was just atrocious. I mean, they, 
think Ohio State hit him for five bombs, and they still didn't adjust to it. But that's the I think that's the key to the game. You know, Saban is a um, by trade; he's a defensive back coach, so maybe they can come up with some kind of a scheme or something to um, slow down Ohio State or disrupt their pass offense. But you know, if I'm I'm, I'm going to bet the game. You know, nothing heavy. Probably going to make a play on Alabama. I'd like play make a play on Alabama minus the points, and we'll see what happens. So um, that'll do it for the um, sh- show this week, and w- you know we'll see what happens, and then we'll you know do our podcast next week with the next round of the playoffs. So you know, thanks. I want to thank Steve, Steve the Shrimp Man, for being in, and Steve hanging there. We're going to let Roy and Dale take us away.